Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the Pilot Riot Podcast. I'm Peter Humbarger. And I'm Madeline Palman. And this week, we watched three pilots, some legal thrillers. And, and some non-legal thrillers. Um, although they all involved the law in some form or fashion. Yes. Um, Maddie and I have... Madeline, excuse me. <laughs> Maddie and I have been friends for uh, quite a while now. A long and, time. And I guess we wanted to share the story of how we first met. Yes, how our love story began. Do you want to start? Do you want to? Start? I would love to. So Peter and I are from a little town outside of Jacksonville, Florida, called Ponte Vedra Beach. And um, how how old were we? I think I was like nine, and you were like seven or eight. I was eight. Yeah, you were eight, so I was nine or ten. You're older than me. Yes, I, I, I am. It's true. And um, we were, okay, so we were both in Miss Barbara's acting class. Miss Barbara being like a local community theater teacher. One of Her son is one of my best friends, uh, me and Matt, the producer, uh, one of our best friends from middle school and high school. And so we were taking acting classes with Miss Barbara. Specifically improv, though. Well, no, I don't think we were doing improv because remember we were doing the blues and the greens. Remember that play? Yeah, but I do remember doing a lot of improv things like the machine and oh, gibberish. Machines, and all machines, of that other stuff. machines was my least favorite game ever. I yeah, hated I hate machines. machines. I hate all improv. Yeah, she. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be totally I did, honest, I did, I'm like really bad at improv. Well, you know, it. Matt. Uh, and I did improv with Barbara for a long time throughout middle school and high school. And we had a lot of good times with it. So I don't hate it. But um, I mean, you did Barbara for like, did you only do it for just a year that one year? Yeah, just one year. Okay. I did it for like 10 years. Yeah. Like easy. Um, yeah, the, acting wasn't my thing. No, it wasn't. But that's okay. You have other gifts. Here I am. Yet here I am in L.A. <laughs> we were in this play called Just Like Us, which is like a little children's play that's um, about like there's the blue family and the green family and they don't like each other. And then they meet a purple girl and then they all learn how to get along and tolerate each other. I'm really surprised that you still remember the plot that well. Oh, I do remember. Yeah. I don't remember there being a purple girl. Oh, yeah. Cody, do you remember? She was the purple girl. And I remember I was really oh, jealous because yeah, yeah. I wanted to be the purple girl. Oh, but, you, but <laughs> was there an audition? I mean, Barbara's version of auditions, which is where you do little theater games and then she casts you in, in okay, your part. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was really funny. So Peter and I, we were in this class together and we hated each other. We were just like oil and water. We did not mix. And I remember, so like I said, the play was like the blue family and the green family and the blues were their names or their character parts were numbers like one, two, three, four, five. And then the greens their character names were letters, A, B, C, whatever. And you probably don't remember this, but you were A and I was B. We were like married in that play. Really? Yeah. I remember I was old man. Yeah. <laughs> I and I was, was like, I was like the matriarch of the, I, of the Green family. The only thing I remember from that acting class was having to go and buy like garment dye, green oh garment God, dye. Yes. And dyeing all of my, like, not all my clothes, but the, the like, the khaki pants and yeah. the shirt green. Green. Um, do you remember how you used to make fun of me because I didn't play a musical instrument and I made fun of you because you didn't play a sport? Yeah. Yeah. And then do you also remember, like, once... I played you, violin for all of our listeners. And I played softball for all of our <laughs> listeners. Um, so when Peter... Oh, oh, so Peter was once in class daydreaming and Barbara kind of called him out and was like, Peter, what's going on over there? Stop daydreaming. What is it? Like Peter at the beach club. And then for the rest of the time we had this class together, whenever Peter would like even make eye contact with me, I would just like taunt him going Peter at the beach club. <laughs> it was rude. <laughs> it then, was rude. But the best part was 
at the end of the acting class, she gave all of us cards. Do you oh, remember, I don't remember that? that? No, I don't remember that at all. And I think it was like, thank you for being part of this class. And yeah. they were like all handwritten. And mine was this card that like on the front of it, it had a boy at the beach. Oh my God. That is so funny. <laughs> so it like really persisted through the whole I, I, class. I really popularized it in yeah. terms of the acting class, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Peter and I like knew of each other, but didn't really interact for like another 10 years or so. And then when I was I, leaving high school, <laughs> Peter and I reconnected and it's just been mad love ever since. When I came out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> it's an important detail. We watched three pilots. Two of them were on CBS. Um, the first one was Doubt. Doubt. And the IMDb description is, a successful defense lawyer at a boutique firm becomes romantically involved with a client who may or may not be guilty of a brutal crime. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The show is horrible. Um, <laughs> so really quick, Doubt is on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on CBS. <laughs> And I thought it was really interesting that another show that we reviewed this week was The Good Fight on CBS. I thought it was really interesting that CBS premiered two legal thrillers, two new legal thrillers in the same week. Yeah. Also, um, one of the, like the Laverne, we'll we'll get into it, but Laverne Cox's um, assistant was actually the assistant in The Good Wife, which The Good Fight is a spinoff of. Oh, weird. Yeah. So it's just a big, so, all incesty legal thriller CBS yeah. family, basically. So I think this description from IMDb doesn't really depict it that accurately. Um, I This is a log line, not a synopsis. Oh, okay. A log line okay. is just um, a sentence that kind of uh, surmises the premise of a movie or a TV series. So I agree. This isn't very comprehensive. It was the first thing I found online. So that's what I put in my research oh. notes. Well, there you go. Yeah, so there you go. I thought, you know what? I didn't have the drive to find a better one because I didn't enjoy this pilot. I hated this pilot. I think Katherine Heigl is a really horrible actor. I, you know, the first thing that I put in my notes. So the, our, our protagonist is Katherine Heigl um, as the character Sadie Ellis. Katherine Heigl, you know, this is what I literally have in my notes. You know Katherine Heigl from being Izzy on Grey's Anatomy and also from being the lead in every bad romantic comedy from 2006 to 2012. She was in 27 Dresses, which actually wasn't that bad. She, I didn't like 27 Dresses. Really? It's cute. No. She was also, oh, what was that uh, movie she was in? The Ugly Truth with Gerard Butler. And there's others. There's like a yeah, bunch of she's others. she's in a lot of them. She really like raked in her, like she really like made that her bread and butter for a lot of years. She seems like she doesn't need to be paid much. She'll like take anything. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but I was not happy to see Katherine Heigl as a protagonist on my screen. Yeah, me neither. So we immediately open up on her racing through the streets of New York City on her bike. She's a daredevil. She's like risky. (laughs) And she pulls up to the steps of the courthouse. And so my utter disgust at seeing Katherine Heigl on screen was quickly offset by my delight at seeing Dulé Hill on screen. Uh, Is he famous? He is. He was Charlie on the West Wing. And oh, I didn't watch that show. He was Gus on Psych. He was like one of two leads on oh, Psych. Oh yeah. And he was also in Holes, which was one of my favorite performances of his. <laughs> was he uh, an inmate? No, he was in the flashbacks. Um, he like was in love with kissing Kate Barlow, and he was black and she was white, and it was a big prob. And I'm, I'm trying to remember. He had like a catchphrase, like you know, in Princess Bride, like "As you wish." 
is like the catchphrase that the yeah. guy says to the girl. He had like one like that too, but I can't remember what it is. Yeah, it was really so she like hops off this bike and immediately puts on some high heels and no. then immediately turns to the steps of this courthouse and like gives a statement. And there, the the dialogue is so like back and forth so fast. There's no pauses. There's like It's all exposition. Yeah, it's like bam, bam, bam. And there's just no like acting. I agree. I Catherine Heigl is the type of actress who is like, you believe her when you watch her, but there's just nothing special about anything. She, she doesn't bring anything to the table, anything special. Yeah. Also, the show's writing was just really bad. I also want to make note real quick that I give Dulé Hill's facial hair in this pilot five out of five stars. Oh, yeah, it was good. I was into his goatee situation a lot. So... The reason that Katherine Heigl storms up these steps, there's a pref- uh, press conference going on in the, at the, for you know, the district attorney. She's a criminal defense attorney. They're giving a press conference about a client of hers. And she's like, no, he's not guilty. We'll have our day in court. Like having a totally unrealistic <laughs> outburst at this press conference yeah, exactly. The whole in New York thing City. was so unrealistic. Oh, my God. And all these like cameras and microphones and news stations. Yeah. So they are representing this guy named Billy Brennan, who is played by Stephen Pascal. Great hair. Oh, excellent hair. Really cute guy. He was Johnny on The Good Wife, another Good Wife crossover. I immediately recognized him as Mark Furman from The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Mm -hmm. And also, he was the protagonist in a little series on ABC, I'm sorry, NBC, called Do No Harm, which was a show that lasted one season that was terrible. But I know all about it because people from my college program created it and wrote it. But it was a terrible show. I watched the pilot and like, oh my God, it was just a Was just it a, a another legal show? No, it was a medical show that was based on Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So the protagonist, this guy, Stephen Pascal, he played like this world-renowned, like amazing surgeon who was like a psycho drug addict by night. That was like his other personality. <laughs> And it was really stupid. And it was like at exactly 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. He switched. (laughs) (laughs) So they gave the world really strong rules. Anyway, so that's the kind of shows that he's on. And this show was kind of in a similar vein as Do No Harm. And then, of course, there was Laverne Cox. As the transgender lawyer of the firm. Who made it very clear that she, like, of course she, like, included the line about being trans. Like, she's talking to her her client who's schizophrenic, Mm -hmm. and she's like, I was a man, but now I'm a woman. Are you still okay with me representing you? Yeah, that was, that was, felt very on the nose. I felt like she, like, asked the writers to add that line in. Well, I actually saw on the trivia on IMDb that her character, Cameron Worth, was written for a transgender actress, but I imagine that they had her in mind. Oh, okay. Um, and put her in there. So yeah, so the A story is Katherine Heigl and Dulé Hill. Again, Sadie Ellis is her character, and his character is Albert Cobb. They're like partners in this defense firm. So they are representing this guy, Billy Brennan. He's on trial for killing his girlfriend like when he was in high school. This was like 20 years ago. So that's the A story. The B story is Laverne Cox representing the schizophrenic. Who also killed someone. Who also killed someone. He pushed someone in front of a subway because he's crazy. And she's trying to decide whether or not she wants to have her client taken off of his medication in order to show the jury how crazy he is, um, which is like a risky and like potentially unethical move. And you yeah, know what? It wasn't like, that interesting. No, it wasn't that interesting. The, n- nothing was that interesting. And it, it, it kind of seemed like it was just trying to be like edgy. Yeah. The, and like, um, so when we're like, ha- you know, a, a third halfway through the pilot, 
uh, Billy Brennan gets out on bail and he and Catherine Heigl have a little date. We realize that they're like romantically involved. And I immediately yeah. just like groaned. Yeah, but there's, there were like so many cheesy lines. So many she cheesy like, lines. They get, he gets out on bail and Catherine Heigl says, come on, you need a cheeseburger. Like, and, let's go get, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> let's get you a cheeseburger. Let's go like relax and like have a fun time. Yeah. And then of course she's resistant to him having feelings for her. And she's like, but not that resistant. But not that resistant. But she's like, it's totally natural for the defendants to be really into their attorneys. Yeah, like she's like this. He like expresses feelings for her, and she's like, you know what? This happens. People fall for their attorneys. You're vulnerable, and we are like representing you. Yeah. And this happens, and I was just like, oh, God. Also, it was. Just, it, I mean, it was just boring. It was boring, you know. My my aunt Jackie, shout out to Aunt Jackie, told me that one of her favorite parts of the first episode was when we gave our favorite lines from the episodes. So I was this was the first pilot I watched. I was like, you know, like looking for a good line to write down. I couldn't find a thing. The dialogue was really bland. It was ba- yeah, it was a really bad dialogue. Um, so in this A story with Sadie Ellis, Catherine Heigl, and Albert Cobb, her partner, Dulé Hill, they're trying to decide whether or not they want to take a plea deal for Billy Brennan or if they have a strong enough case to go to trial. And it's really boring. It's just, it's like... Are like, you going to give a, a good line? Because there was a good line when they, were, when they were in the courtroom. What was it? And Catherine Heigl stands up and she's like, I think it's... I can't actually remember exactly. She, <laughs> she was like... Paraphrase. She was like... I think it's unethical that you won't release him to save these pre or preemies. Oh yeah, because he's a he's a doctor. Yeah, he's, like, he's a doctor. She's like he needs to be tending to his patients. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like okay. They really tried to like amp up the conflict, but it just they like there, there so wasn't any conflict. They created complications the, that way. What the cliffhanger was? There like was not a cliffhanger really. Yeah, it was it was horrible throughout. It's not going to get renewed. Um, no, it's definitely going to be like a one season wonder without a doubt. Um, not I didn't, e- not even a wonder. No. A and, one season and, failure. And it felt like there were some scenes that were trying to be funny. Like some scenes between Catherine Heigl and Dulé Hill, like where they had like some like bouncy music and they were like, like the bouncy music is trying to say like, Hey, we're having a fun time. Right. Audience. Yeah. The Woo! music really, <laughs> I feel like it would have been so much better if the music was not as like mid two thousands. It was like springy and like. Really poppy. Poppy, yeah. And it was. It didn't it did, fit. At it didn't all. match the mood at all. It didn't fit one bit. Um, it, I mean, it felt like 27 Dresses movie, uh, music. It's just, all, <laughs> it's, it's just Catherine Heigl brand all the way around. Yeah. Um, Heigl, it turns out Catherine Heigl actually like wrote and directed the, the whole pilot. Oh my God, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but um, so basically, so it's interesting. So we're dealing with these two cases in the first half or so. And then I would say like the last quarter. We get to, like, everything becomes about what happens when you get too close to your client. Like, in Billy Brennan's case, he wants to submit a DNA sample, and Sadie, Catherine Heigl's character, lets him, even though that's, like, really bad to do legally, because she believes him. He, she believes he didn't kill his girlfriend however many 20-plus years ago. She wants to give him a chance. Her boss gives her a really hard time about it. They talk about what happens when you get too close. Turns out her boss, Isaiah, like got too close to it and made a long time ago. And that's what the whole last quarter of it ends up being about. Oh, I remember the twist. The It was not that great of a it twist. It was not that great of a twist. And it also didn't really make that much sense. Why? So Catherine Heigl's mom has been in jail for 34 years mm-hmm. for killing someone, I'm assuming. I don't know why else you'd be in jail for that long. Yeah, I think she... What was it? 
and, and then she, she, I think she hit someone with her car when she was drunk. Yeah. And then they both start crying and she's like, Catherine, you're, you're amazing. And then they hug and it's like the end of the episode. It's stupid. It was upsetting. Yeah. I, but you, so you so, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing about doubt. I actually found this to be a pretty well-structured pilot. Okay. Like it was structurally sound. I actually believed the turns, the emotional turns towards the end about what, like the ramifications of, of being too close to your client and the dynamics within, but there was just nothing special or fresh about this pilot. Yeah. There was, was just, just no reason for it to be made. Yeah, exactly. It was also just eclipsed by Catherine Heigl's bad acting. And as it says in your notes, bad hair. Yeah, I was about to say, my my biggest disappointment with this was like Catherine Heigl's hair looked terrible. I think she like woke, she just got out of bed and was like, oh, my hair's flat. I know. She cannot, they they should have put extensions in her hair. She cannot do a middle part, this girl. No, like she's very pretty, but she just like cannot do a middle part. Yeah, she does not have thick hair. No, the outfits were not good. Everything was bland. It was a structurally sound house with two leather couches and a stove. And it also, like, CBS just did a disservice to itself by releasing it the same week as The Good Fight, which had... I couldn't agree more. So, like, the outfits of The Good Fight were I have some notes. I have some notes about the outfits I mean, everything... I do, I do. Like, everything. The set was gorgeous in The Good Fight. And then Doubt was just, just, like, thrown together. And, you know, the cases didn't engage me at all. I thought the cases were boring. Like, the thing about legal thrillers is that the cases have to be interesting and different. And despite the fact that there's so many legal thrillers on television, there's always new cases that you can come up with. These felt very, these cases, you know, they're just murders. They, they felt very recycled. Yeah. They weren't interesting. You know, when Laverne Cox was giving an impassioned speech to the jury about why her client should be let off on insanity. I did not care. It, it was not that great. Yeah. It was I just also boring. just didn't like the, the courtroom that Laverne Cox's case was in was like a light walnut. <laughs> like all the wood. It was just like a As really ugly to like and a dark pine. Yeah. 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 Was, Absolutely. Yeah. And so it was like, nah, I, I I gave this pilot one star. I would never oh. watch this again. I thought it was bad. I there was not a single thing about it that I liked. I actually gave it 2.5 stars because it's like I said that I found it to be a structurally sound pilot. It wasn't interesting. The dialogue was not good. It was not fresh or original, but it was structurally sound and I believed the emotional turns. So I give it 2.5 stars also because I really liked Julie Hill in this pilot. I I mean, was he the only person of color in this pilot? I no, think Laverne Cox. Oh, and Laverne Cox. All right, so two people. Okay, I have, all I like white the, people the and two black people. The diversity was like fine though. I mean, they had like a trans black woman. I mean, like I would disagree. I think that there needs to be more variety and more diversity. But I think they kind of. But regardless, I really liked Dulé Hill. His performance was the only decent one. I like him a lot in general. <laughs> I was happy to see him here. He was the actually the only good thing about this pilot for me. Yeah. Well. Okay. It was just bland. It was like four saltines when I want dinner. Yeah. Um, also, there was a lot of scenes of Catherine Heigl quickly walking down big courtroom hallways. Oh my God, always. Like on her phone, just like playing Candy Crush probably. With her with her middle part and her flat <laughs> yeah. hair. Yeah. It was like I was really disappointed was, with her hair. It was like, you're not doing anything on your phone. <laughs> it was, it was so true. Overall bad. Overall, not great. I did not enjoy it. There was just nothing to latch on to. Nothing to latch on to. Jane, are we live? Yeah, we're good. Excellent. So this week we also watched Big Little Lies, which premieres Sundays at 9 p.m. on HBO. Here's a little synopsis from IMDb. When Madeline and Celeste take in Newtown single mom 
You read that completely wrong. Yes, I did. (laughs) Let me start over. Sorry. Peter and I have to talk into the mic a very specific way, and I have to turn my head a little bit to read my computer, so it's just a little bit of struggle. While Madeline and Celeste take in Newtown single mom Jane under their wing, none of them realizes how the arrival of Jane and her inscrutable little boy will affect them all. Big Little Lies is a brilliant take on ex-husbands and second wives, schoolyard scandal, and the dangerous little lies we tell ourselves just to survive. That's a pretty good synopsis. It is pretty good. Okay, so this show had a lot of big names. This was a great, great little pilot. It was a great little pilot. I enjoyed it. It's based on the novel by Lianne Moriarty, which is an Australian book. It originally takes place... This pilot that we watched takes place in Monterey, California. The original book takes place in a suburb of Sydney. So it's kind of the American translation. Yeah, very aquatic. Yes, we have yeah, so a this, lot of houses with water views. Lots of houses with water views. <laughs> so they're all like loaded. Um, so yeah, so this was a star-studded pilot. I like to see movie stars in like little limited series like this. I enjoy I mean, it. there were like so there's Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Laura Dern, Alexander Skarsgård, Adam Scott, Adam Scott, Shailene Woodley. She's more of a TV star. Let's not call her a big star. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. She did get arrested for protesting at Standing Rock. And she had a really like kind of wispy mugshot that I really respect. Oh, that is nice. Yeah. yeah, Good for her. Good for her. Stand with Standing Rock. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag no (laughs) D-A-P-L. It was created by David E. Kelly, who created, I'm just going to go ahead and going to go ahead and list them. Uh, he created a bunch of network shows. He's one of the few producers to create a show on all four major networks, CBS, Fox, ABC, and NBC. He created Picket Fences in the 90s, Chicago Hope, The Practice, Ali McBeal, Boston Public, Boston Legal, and Harry's Law. Wow. Yeah. So he's a heavy hitter. He Something I always think about when I see people like this when, with all these credits is they must just have such a nice chunk of yeah, he must be so rich. Um, so this, I, I don't think this, I don't know if this was his first cable show that he produced, but I believe that it was, and it was really interesting. Um, yeah, so it's these women that live in this small Monterey town. Mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon um, says the over under is one hundred fifty thousand, and she's like, I'm a little bit under. What does Reese? What does she do for a living? She's like, she works part time at a theater, like a community. Oh, theater. a community theater. Yeah. Yeah. And she drives a Buick. There's yeah. some Buick ad, Buick ad placement right off the bat. <laughs> Gotta and, get that ad placement in there. And then you, so we meet Reese, and then we meet Shailene Woodley, who seems way too young to have a kid. Yeah, so Reese Witherspoon has a teenage daughter and a younger daughter named Chloe. I actually really enjoyed the character of Chloe. She's going into first grade, so she's probably six years old. Oh, yeah, and, but they know like a lot about music. Yeah, she knows a lot about music. She has her own iPhone, and she calls, she refers to Reese Witherspoon, uh, her mother, Madeline, as a woman she'll go like i'm on your side woman and like, <laughs> it's i thought that was pretty cute i thought that was really funny that's like something i would do as a six-year-old um so we immediately start off with reese uh sorry i should say madeline love to see the name madeline represented on in entertainment woo yeah but it was weird she didn't really like seem like a madeline just because you're a madeline uh, well and i'm gonna, I was like, I'm gonna I take that see. as a compliment well, yeah, but I mean, there's like proper. But it's not. No. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> there is like proper upper class like women. Yeah, definitely. Not that you are, but like. But I'm not. But you're not. <laughs> um, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, so 
Reese Witherspoon is like driving her kid to school. She um, stops at a stop sign in front of the school to like let a teenager know that she shouldn't be texting while she is driving. Yeah, it feels very suburban. Yeah, very suburban. And then she like twists her ankle going back to her car. Jane notices her. Then they meet. Jane gives her and her daughter a ride to school. And she like really played up the twisted ankle. I mean, her ankle, she was limping for the first 30 minutes of the pilot. Yeah, <laughs> she was. It's true, actually. It was like, she if was, you're like, wearing... that bad, like, take off your fucking heels. Yeah, exactly. She was wearing, like, black, like, slingbacks. <laughs> yeah. And, like, a little, like, white dress with wet red flowers on it. Like, very proper and, like, looking adorable. Yeah, so then, I can't remember what happened next, but they, they get to school. Yeah, they become friends. Yeah, they um, become bas- friends. Yeah, basically Madeline, the character, you know, Reese's character Madeline is kind of like a like the big PTA mom. She knows everybody. Uh, we They definitely set that up when they first enter. Or this, so this isn't the first day of school. This is the day before the first day of school. It's orientation, oh, which the yeah, parents are yeah. involved in. So when they're walking up to orientation, Madeline knows a lot of people. She's introducing Jane to everyone as her new friend, Jane. And they're all kind of like bitchy to each other. Like, yeah. Like she and Laura Dern have this, well, this little back and forth. Because Laura's like, oh, Jane, like, you're so young. And then she, she says, mistakes Jane for a nanny. Oh, yeah. She says the nanny should, like, hang out. Yeah. And they're like, you used to be young, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Reese says something like, she's not a nanny. She's just young. You know, like you used to be. And, and then, then they do like, like, like you used to be. Yeah. They have like a little overlapping dialogue. But right. But under the overlapping dialogue, Laura Dern says, like, you mean like we used to be Madeline. It's, yeah. it's pretty, it was pretty cute. It Laura was Dern was actually like not that bad in this. Oh, I thought Laura Dern was great in this. She, you know what she was really bad in? Um, well, actually, just she not that she was bad in it, but an HBO show Enlightened. Yes. She that was the protagonist of that was show. Really bad. Was it? Oh my god. I never yeah. watched it. It was like it was really it was horrible. <laughs> good to know. Matt, did you go watch back to Enlightened? It. No. No, it's not that. good. No, okay, yeah. I don't think many people watched Enlightened, which is no, why it didn't, didn't last very long. But Laura Dern's pretty. She kind of looks like Nicole Kidman. Laura Dern plays like a uh, like a like a power mom, a business mom. Yeah. I I, I actually thought it was pretty funny. They it, when they basically introduced her, uh, you know, Reese Witherspoon's character, Madeline, says to her like, "Oh, what are you up to?" And she was like, "I somehow got myself on the board of PayPal. Ha ha ha. LOL. Like I need more busyness in my life." <laughs> Reese Witherspoon says that. No, Laura Dern says that. Oh, oh, oh. She, I believe she's on the board. She said she was like on the board of PayPal. Oh, I wish I put it in my notes, but I didn't. Oh, and she had a funny line about having to take a phone call because she was trying to get tickets to Hamilton, even though she's seen it four times. Oh, that yeah, That was pretty yeah. funny. That was cute. Um, I, I thought that Reese was like, she didn't really seem to be upper class enough. You didn't think? Well, she, they made her seem like she was really upper class, but she was like, oh, like, the over under is this, and I'm like more on like the underside, and she was like divorced mm-hmm. and works at the community theater. Like mm-hmm. I, I kind of just wanted all of the moms to be like really wealthy and really. Don't we all? You know, but I think they were trying to be a little more hashtag realistic. Yeah. With uh, showing Reese, uh, you know, Matt, the character Madeline, and like the way that kind of she feels like she's failed in her life. Yeah. She's not at that level. She's not at the over. Yeah, when that's it comes true. to the over under, and I think she's just like a little bit too confident for not being like a millionaire stay at home mom. That's true, but I I kind of interpreted that as her over overcompensating. Yeah, I guess we'll see in like the later episodes. Yeah. So, so some, some more of the plot. Nicole Kidman comes in looking beautiful. She has bangs and lo- and lots of extensions. Yes, yeah, she she has twin boys who are you know in the first grade with Madeline's daughter Chloe and Jane's son Ziggy. 
Uh, she's married to Alexander Skarsgård, who's younger than her and is just, you know, the first half of the pilot, we just get the sense that he's just nuts about her. They're so yeah. in love. Twist it, later. Twist. Things are not so good. <laughs> just a little twist. So, um, so, but then Reese or Madeline and Jane and I don't remember what Nicole Kidman's name was. Celeste. Celeste. Go out to lunch, like, in mm-hmm. this beautiful, like, marina restaurant. It looked to me to be the same marina restaurant where they went in the last season of Transparent to get Bloody Marys. Was it? Matt, no, it Jane, looked, was it? it? I don't know, but it really looked like it. It looked like it. I yeah. think it was the same it, place. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but they sit outside, whereas in Transparent, they sit inside. Yeah. But they just had, like, such snappy dialogue. I thought the dialogue in this was great. I it loved- went, yeah, it was funny. But I, I really liked the line when um, when Jane says to Nicole, like, oh, my God, you're so beautiful. And then she says to Reese, you're also so beautiful. And Reese says, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I actually thought Reese Witherspoon was great in she this. She was great in it. She, was, she played the exact same character that she did in Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, interesting you say that. I find this character to be a little different. I find her to be a little more fierce and much more insecure. I feel like she's kind of a one note, like Reese Witherspoon. Like, really? Like, uh, like, did you not see Wild? No. I or Legally Blonde. Blonde. I have seen Legally Blonde, but it's yeah, like, she's similar to Legally Blonde too. Like really, like upbeat. she has that peppiness. Yeah. yeah, but Wild. But it's dark. It's dark in have, this have pilot. Have you seen Wild? I have not seen Wild. Wild is really good. I liked when um, Reese Witherspoon said in one of the first uh, in one of the first scenes, she's in the daughter. She's in the car with her daughter Chloe and Chloe's like giving her some sass and Reese says in a very chipper mood I am not 100% sure that I like that tone young lady <laughs> and that just reminds me so much of something my mom would say to me as a child so yeah, I enjoyed it was, that a lot it was good it was good writing pretty realis- realistic yeah so the kind of conflict comes about when it's the end of orientation and the teacher gathers well there's like and there's like a conflict before that there's like a murder that's that they establish in the very yeah beginning. okay so this was a really non-linear story Storyline. Yeah, and it was so. My friend read the book, mm-hmm. and he was going to join us tonight, but something came up. But he, he said, so the the episode there's like the main women that you that they develop, and then there's these like um, these cuts to this to these detective interviews, mm-hmm. and they they're with these characters that you don't know. There's like the Indian woman with the yeah, really they're all blue they're all eyes. side characters. Yeah, they're all side characters. And you're like, why are why like who are these people? Why are they being interviewed? And I was talking to, to Peter about it, mm-hmm. and he was like, that's not really like it's a part of the book, but it's not really like that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really make sense that they emphasized it that much. And I, th- I thought that it was just distracting because it was like, why like why are they taking away from this? Because well, my argument would be that. They know, like, I'm just looking at it from, like, a business production point of view. It's so much easier to draw in an audience when you have that element of suspense. Crime dramas are really popular now. HBO has done a lot of shows with rich white people with family problems. I think that the reason that they integrated the police interviews so much was to kind of reiterate the fact that this was a little bit of a thriller to add some excitement, to pump it up a little bit. But there was like so much emphasis. Like you could, like you could tell from the trailer uh, that there was like um, a crime. Yeah. And they would intercut every like two minutes or so, like every two minutes of the normal linear storyline when we're meeting the women and the women are meeting Jane and they go to lunch and whatever, like every two and a half minutes it's intercut with these little blurbs of police interviews. But then in the police interviews, they also talk, 
talk about some of the main characters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, the police interviews are with side characters. Some of them we see peripherally in the linear storyline. Some of them we don't see at all in the linear storyline. And so it's a little confusing. It's confusing. I actually people in the interviews know the politics of these women. Like it's so clear that the whole thing is like unraveling. Like that's like the whole crux of this series. Right. right. That was the whole branding was like this surreal, like maybe crime, like maybe psychosis, right? It's like unraveling this community. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's what all these interviews were doing, right? Mm -hmm. Is they were just like setting the stage and like making the atmosphere, right? That everything was getting pulled apart. And I think they were also trying to build up a little bit of a community. They were trying to emphasize the fact that like whatever was going on with these women, everybody in the school knew about, everyone was aware of peripherally. Yeah. So I think that they were trying to make that point. Yeah, I I mean, it was... I found the interview, the cutting in between the linear storyline and the interviews as if the the linear, the most present a storyline is a flashback and the interviews are present day. I found that to be very similar to the way that they structured the first season of true detective and also the last season of the L word. Did either Matt, did, did you watch the L word? You didn't watch the L word. No, none. Only straight girls watched. No one here is a lesbian. I know, but it's kind of like a thing that straight girls watched Mm -hmm. the L word. And I did. Um, did and you watch the real L, the real L word? I also watched the real. Really? L-word. Yes, I did. <laughs> I totally did. I wish I were a lesbian. Have Sadly, you ever run, Have you ever run into Whitney Cummings? No, but I follow her on Instagram. Does she still have dreadlocks? Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, yeah, she does. <laughs> Anyways, she does a lot of club promoting. She does. She she used and she's to, in really into rescuing dogs. Yeah, when I first moved to LA, she used to host this night at the Abbey. Um, that's a pretty big gig. Yeah. For a lesbian. For a, she's a lesbian. That's what she calls herself. But she's kind of like fallen off the track. I'm not falling yeah, off the track, but like no one cares. She, she's kind of a no one. Yeah, she's a no one. Uh, Sorry, Whitney Cummings. Is that her name? <laughs> Did I say that it's, wrong? It's Whitney Cummings. Whitney yeah. Cummings. Okay. Okay. So quick PS post recording. Well, yeah, ce- we, we made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> the lesbian that we were that we were referring to is named Whitney Mixter. Whitney Cummings is an actual legit, um, you know, American actress comedian. So yeah, she's a she's a she's a comedian who has like an HBO comedy special. Yeah, we were referring to one Whitney Mixter. <laughs> so I actually found that the way that they it, so the editing was choppy, the way they intercut between the interviews and the storyline was choppy. But I actually found it to be effective. I thought it worked. Yeah, I mean, I was fine with it. Um, there was one funny line in the police interview. I don't know who the actress was because um, she wasn't one of the like the main four. Mm-hmm. But they're talking about Jane, mm-hmm. Shailene Woodley. Yes. With again, the boy, Siggy. Again, I'll say Shailene Woodley did a really bad job in this pilot. <laughs> and, and she um, wasn't my fave. She was also poor. <laughs> her hair didn't look good. My she mom was, would say her hair looked like a washerwoman's hair. <laughs> yeah, she was poor. She wore jeans. All the other women wore like nice pencil skirts or dresses. But um, one of the women said... Jane didn't fit in here like a dirty Prius parked outside of Barney's. Yes, so true. They really put her in that way. <laughs> I thought that was a really clever line. I liked that a lot. And something I put in my notes was like, so Jane lives in this one bedroom bungalow and they're trying to portray that she's really poor when they show her like, you know, her son has his own room, but they show her like pulling out the pull out mattress or like the pull out bed from the 
couch in the living room. They're trying to show her like being really poor, but she lives in this like really nice, probably like $2,800 a month bungalow. And it's like, why don't you just go get a two bedroom apartment? And she also worked, but yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I mean the money situation, maybe a little realistic. It's the same thing with girls and every other TV show where they make the production value of the, their living spaces much higher than they actually would be yeah. in real life. She's like a part-time bookkeeper. She's a part-time bookkeeper. <laughs> um, I, Thought that this seemed a little, a little bit like divorce. Did Me you, too. Yeah. Um, Rich white people honestly, with family problems on HBO. I thought that this show was good, but I'm gonna go ahead and say I think divorce is better. Even though Sarah Jessica Parker, no, people don't like her. I think she's. I fucking love. I think she's great. I liked Divorce a lot. I, I think w- I thought that that was the best show of the past like year that on show HBO. Was I would agree with that because I was gonna wait until we got more towards the end to talk about this, but I'll talk about it now. Um, I found that this was a really well done pilot with really good, with good writing and good structure, good dialogue, um, that had really good performances, but for me, it scored really low on the originality freshness scale. Well, it was an adaptation. I know it was an adaptation, but But regardless, I mean, it didn't score as low as say doubt, which had nothing fresh, nothing good, nothing to latch onto. This had more than that, but like I said, in terms of originality, in, in terms of the concept and originality and freshness, it was low on the scale for me. I mean, you could just name a dozen probably but it had series such, on like, HBO that are about rich white people with family problems. I know, but like who doesn't love that? It was like Desperate Housewives, but cable. I enjoyed it, but I guess I was just making the argument that that's why I liked divorce, that I agree with you. I like divorce better because I think it's exactly fresher. what it felt like, Peter. Desperate Housewives on HBO. Desperate Housewives on HBO. Desperate Housewives on HBO. What's that? In 2017. In 2017, yeah. Like, however many years later, you know. A lot of years later. Desperate Housewives came out a long time ago, sadly. So... They should do a revamp. Desperate Housewives was a great show when it came out. It really was. I mean, it lasted for wait. It was probably about four seasons too long, as most seasons are. I mean, most shows are. It was like two seasons too long. It was like when... It was good until season six, and then it it had season seven, and then it ended. Mm. Right? Most series should not be more than five seasons. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. Blanket. I loved it. I mean, I love Desperate Housewives too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, uh, so the main crux of this pilot that kind of sets the rest of the, what we imagine the rest of the series will be about in motion is that, so they're at orientation, you know, the moms and the kids, the t- at the end of orientation, the first grade teacher kind of calls a circle of all the parents and the moms and Laura Dern, her character, Celeste, her daughter, Amabelle, not Annabelle. Oh yeah, Annabelle. Annabelle There's with some an M. weird names these days, though. I know, I know. They did that on purpose to make it like, oh, she's got a kid with a unique name. And she's rich. She's a white liberal, whatever, rich lady. Um, <laughs> Annabelle claims she was choked by a boy that day that and no one saw, and she has red marks on her neck. Yeah, and, and she accuses this... Ziggy, yeah. Jane Sh- Shailene Woodley's son, who's a total sweetheart. It doesn't come across that he would ever do something like that. It was also he denies it. It was also a little odd that they had a round table, like they're they're um, they were like in a courtyard. Well, yeah, no, I know, but it was like a round table discussion of like all of the kids and their parents were there, and yeah, totally and, not how it would and go. the teacher was like. Okay, point to the kid that did this. Yeah, that's it never, was, it, it like, would never go that way. But I, I also. Know. It was, was like way to ostracize 
Shailene Woodley and Ziggy. I know, I, but I almost didn't mind it because it was such good conflict and drama. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good. It was just like really unrealistic. But it was totally unrealistic. Yeah, she literally said in front of all the kids, like, "Point to the boy who choked you." Yeah, and it's just it, it just and she like just like lifts her arm and like points to Ziggy, and it's just kind of like yeah, it, it would never go that way. Um, but something that I really liked. So Laura Dern's daughter Amabel, like I said, you know Laura Dern's character, her daughter is the one who's attacked, and she gets really mad. Um, Madeline takes Jane's side. Jane says, my son didn't do it. I believe him. Madeline takes Jane's side. Madeline and Celeste are friends. And something that I really liked was as they're kind of having, like they have like a couple few words before orientation breaks up for the day. Celeste is mad that Madeline has taken Jane's side. She calls Madeline Madeline just once in the pilot in this (laughs) moment of tension. And I appreciated that because I hate when people call me Madeline with my name being Madeline and I understood it as immediately as a subtle act of passive aggression yeah, you on like, Celeste's part. On like a personal level. On a personal level. Um, I appreciated that none of the relationships seemed that genuine. That they were like, that Jane comes into town and like they meets Madeline and Nicole Kidman or Celeste. Yeah. And they just like immediately just like, oh, we're friends. And it's like. I don't know. But you're going to start seeing the ways in which pilots are very similar and which things are set up in certain ways. And it's like this type of fast friendship, these quick relationships, that's just pilot territory, I find. Yeah, you got to develop those characters quickly. You do have to suspend some disbelief in pilots. There's always going to be some awkward exposition. There's always going to be relationships that don't quite make sense, things that maybe move too quickly. You do have to suspend some disbelief in pilots. But I would agree with you that it was a little, that it was all a little quick. It came together pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the, going back to the whole crime thing, mm-hmm. the reason I didn't enjoy it that much is because I just didn't think that it was that like, like that compelling of a story. They, I don't think they gave enough away about the crime. We yeah, know someone's dead, like, but we don't know who. We, yeah, they, they didn't give anything away, really. Except no. in the last, there's like one scene at the end. This show's good, so we won't spoil it. But there's like one scene at the end where you're like, oh, I guess that's kind of a clue. I would give this pilot 3.5 stars. Out I of wouldn't, four or five? Out of five. Out of five, okay. I would normally maybe rate it higher, but it's like I said, for me, on the originality freshness scale, it rated pretty low. Yeah, I thought it was going to be better than it was. I liked it, and it like held my attention the whole time, but it looked so good in the trailer. Yeah. I and, thought, it, and it got like so much press. Yeah, I found it to kind of be typical fare for HBO. But and I would it, watch the second episode. There's a huge billboard on like the side of one of the buildings on Sunset Boulevard. Oh, there are a bunch of billboards They're I've all seen over for it. They're all the over. Because mm-hmm. yeah. they have so much star power. Yeah, they've got billboards with all their faces. So there's like a lot of hype around this show. Yeah. Um, so I want to see how it pans out. It's li- it's a limited series, so it'll only be like how, seven how many? It's 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 seven. Is it yeah. seven? Yeah, it'll just order? be it'll just be seven episodes. Oh, okay. They only I mean movie stars will only sign up for yeah. They're not going to do like yeah. a bunch. Um, but I, I you know I really love seeing Alexander Skarsgård. Hopefully we'll get another uh, Dick sighting like we did in True Blood. Yeah, yeah. Alexander Skarsgård <laughs> had a good storyline on this that I appreciated. He I don't want to spoil like, it, but there's not, a twist to it. He does not get any less attractive as he oh ages. But of course, you know, Alexander Skarsgård doesn't turn out to be quite as good as we maybe think he is. No. So we have to keep that in mind. But um, I gave gave it like a three. You would give it a three? Yeah. Why? Because it was was good. Mm -hmm. I just wish that it was more... um, 
more sassiness, I guess, mm-hmm. from the women. Yeah. And I thought the police stuff was just a little, like poorly done. Okay. But I think I think overall the show I'll rate higher, but yeah, the pilot alone. I hear you. And that's what this podcast is all about. Just pilots. Pilots. Just pilots. Just the pilots. We have to take a quick little break because there's... Um, there's a whining French bulldog. There's a, a poorly bred French bulldog. <laughs> oh my God. That has some um, <laughs> some respiratory problems. You know, that, you know that like, outside of his owner's room. You know that short face that French bulldogs have? Well, it snorts. He's got a real short face. <laughs> He's got a real short face and a real loud snort. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get back to it. So we talked about Big Little Lies. In <clears throat> doubt. In doubt. So the good fight, I'm going to give you a little series synopsis from CBS. I'll do it. You did the last one. You did two the last episode. I want to read it. It means a lot if I I want to read it. <laughs> Why do you get to read it? Fine. Rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors. Best two out of three? One out of one. No, two out of three. Two out of three, fine. <laughs> you should have done one out of one. We're I won. Ah. I won. I won. <laughs> I won best two out of three to read the series synopsis on The Good Fight. You won. It's like really intense. If you... Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to not if you um If you mess up a single word, I get to read it. No. That's not how it goes. Fine. Okay, great. But I'll also, I also I won't mess up a word. Watch me. You did last time. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's hear it. The Good Fight picks up one year after the events of the final broadcast episode of The Good Wife. In the new series, an enormous financial scam has destroyed the reputation of a long... A young lawyer. A young lawyer. Shut up. <laughs> Maya Rindell, while simultaneously wiping out her mentor and godmother, Diane Lockhart's savings. Forced out of Lockhart and Lee, they join Luca Quinn and at one of Chicago's preeminent law firms. That was a really good reading. Thank you. Thank you. Hair flip. Thank, thank you. Um... So something interesting about this pilot is that CBS has now launched this streaming service that you have to pay for. Oh my god, it was so annoying. But they're was, trying to have like, like premium s- content. It was such a good show though that it was almost tempting because I'm like, I mean, I'm not going to buy it because it's. Like, yeah, I had to get the free trial. <laughs> yeah, for us to you watch can, the pilot. So you can get a free trial for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but you. You know, the episodes come out once a week, so mm-hmm. what are you going to do next week? It's not like Netflix where they release all the episodes at like, once on stream. Thank God we only watched the pilot. I watched like the first well, episode too as well. Yeah, they, they released the first two episodes. Yes. Um, both were really, really good. Um, so, the, but yeah, it's weird that they had a streaming, that they're doing streaming now. Because I yeah. don't believe that a network show, that the network has the kind of audience that like needs a streaming service. So I feel like streaming services kind of evolved because, I mean, they did evolve because of like the millennials, whatever, Mm -hmm. but people who watch CBS are the older demographic. I would agree with that. I think they're trying with including this new streaming service, you know, the pilot of the good fight premiered on CBS and then the other nine episodes of the season are going to be on CBS all access. Yeah. And it only premiered, it only debuted once. Yes. It was only for one hour. Yes. So it had the Thursday, no Sunday, Sunday. 9 PM Mm -hmm. slot, which two years ago had Madam Secretary, which was really big. Oh yeah, Sunday night, Sunday, nine p.m. Is Sunday nine p.m. Slot like is eight really nine huge. p.m. is huge on every network. Um, it actually didn't 
rate that high. I got a 0. 0.7. And the, I think, 18 to 49 demographic. Right. Like the Which key, is the key the demographic. Key, the key demographic. Um, so 0.7% of TVs were tuned in. So um, I actually didn't watch The Good Wife. Well, I, I watched the pilot after I watched the pilot after watching the pilot of the Good Fight yeah. because I like the Good Fight so much. My mom used to TV the Good Wife. I've seen like yeah, an episode my mom or two was way really back into in the day. The good wife. Yeah, um, it's a mom show. It's like a mom like show. it's like Memoirs of a Geisha. It's a mom thing. It's a mom. Uh, I liked I Memoirs of a Geisha. I also loved Memoirs of a Geisha, but it's very specifically a mom thing. Um, so I really really liked how this one opened. Yeah. And it was, it, it was well, well timed politically because so mm-hmm. she, uh, Diane Lockhart, who's played by Christine Baranski, mm-hmm. um, is sitting on her couch in this dark room and uh, Trump is being sworn in as president. Mm-hmm. She's and like then, horrified watching. Yeah. And then her, the, she, she plays the same character that she did in the good wife mm-hmm. as this like, liberal, like ceiling shattering w- woman lawyer mm-hmm. who is like, all about, you know, like women, I guess. Oh my God, this fucking dog. Oh my God, this, this dog. dog. <laughs> this poor dog. He's so sad. He's sad. He, just oh, wants he doesn't to, know what to do with he himself. He wants to have fun. <laughs> I've done the same thing when I've been hooking up with somebody outside of my room. Wow, those noises some, like, are something weird else. weird noises, though. Those noises are something else. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's president. Donald Trump's president. Yeah. So it, it really coincided well. Yeah, so she's watching the footage of a Trump being sworn in. She's horrified. Smash cut to her buying a villa in Provence, France, to get away from it all. Yeah, she's and she's like, I'm just going to retire. Yeah, so, it's, it's done for me. So she's this, she started this law firm. She's partner. It's like a huge, it's the biggest law firm in the Midwest. It's in Cook County. It's which, called, can I give what it's called? Are you ready for this? It's yeah. called Lockhart, Decker, Gusman, Lee, Lyman, Gilbert, Lurie, Kagan, Tenenbaum, and Associates. Yeah. and wow. Like that's not comical. <laughs> It actually was kind of funny when all the receptionists were like, there were two receptionists yeah, and they would answer the phone and say like every single partner's mm. name and they would just be like overlapping. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, the six being hyphenated, seven, eight, and associates, nine words in yeah. the title. Yeah. <laughs> so there are these really successful lawyers um, in the Midwest, Chicago. Um, her goddaughter... Maya Riddell, played by Rose Leslie, a British actress that you might remember as Egret. She's British. She's British, yeah. Oh, she had a really good accent. She's Egret on Game of Thrones. I don't watch mm. I don't watch Game of Thrones. Oh, she's she has a big role in Game <laughs> of Thrones. Is the best. Oh yeah, Egret's great. Egret's a fierce ass bitch. Um and she also plays Gwen Harding on Downton Abbey, which I don't think either of you know, but Well, I mean I know it. Uh, well, yeah, but I know I've watched Downton Abbey, <laughs> so I know the actual character. Um, so she plays Maya Riddell, who is, she just passed the bar, bar exam. She's a young associate. A lesbian. And she's a lesbian, like a lipstick lesbian at this firm. And so she's just starting out at this firm. Christine Baranski's character, Diane Lockhart, our protagonist is her godmother. So she's getting some special privileges, even though she's like very embarrassed by them. Yeah. And then she is, um, involved in this Ponzi scheme that her Maya, dad, that Maya Rindell's dad was accused of or not accused. Like, yeah. Uh, so he had like an investment firm yeah. and Diane Lockhart's money was all wrapped up in it, including her money for her Provence. Well, estate. a lot of the people in the law firms, yeah. money was wrapped up into it. Yeah. So he was like the new Bernie Madoff. It all comes out that it's a Ponzi scheme. She has no money. Uh, Basically, she, Diane Lockhart's character is just like fucked by this. Totally fucked. She can't buy her. She can't retire. She can't buy her estate in Provence. She can't do shit. 
she can't do anything. And then, so then there's, there's just, she has to like find another job because she already quit and they're not going to, um, they won't rehire her. Yeah. And they're not she's gonna been touched her. by scandal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She said she's poisoned. Yes. Or they actually say, they said, they say that to her. You're poisoned. A couple, I feel like at least two different people say that to her. Yeah. Um, so then Maya Rindell also gets fired because the other partners at the Lockhart firm had their money invested with her, her dad. Yeah, and associate the whole scandal with her, even though she had nothing to do with it. Um, so she and Diane Lockhart join the across town African American law group. Yeah. So for throughout the whole pilot, they're uh, they're like oppositional law firms about this police brutality case. Had this dog. <laughs> These noises. I don't know if it picks up on the. I don't know if the mic picks it up. I kind of hope it does. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely does, according to Jane, Jane the producer. Um, oh. that, yeah, you can definitely hear that. <laughs> Poor dog. Poor little French bulldog. Can he even breathe? He can breathe. Can he? Sort of. Yeah, sort of. I really like the the A storyline of this Ponzi scheme. I thought that that was interesting. Yeah, definitely. And then there was the whole B storyline of there being an actual case. And Mm -hmm. I was thrilled. Yeah. I was like, the case was good. I was like, it's so good. I also just loved how classy Christine Bransky was. Oh my God. I loved the sharp tailored outfits in this pilot. Everything she wore was just so great. And she would wear like the color, like little scarves around her neck, little neckties. Her hair was perfect. And beautiful tweed jackets. And her uh, her hair was amazing. I could watch Christine Bransky play this character all the time. It was really satisfying to watch. Yeah, it was really satisfying. She looked amazing. Luca, the um, one of the associates, I don't think Luca was a partner at the other one, but no, Luca, she, yeah, and a partner or associate. Or, she was an associate yeah. at the the black law firm. Mm-hmm. She looked amazing. Everyone looked like really. She, Luca is played by Kush Jumbo. Jumbo. Kush Jumbo, who's a British actress. <laughs> which she is, was on The Good Wife, which she was is also on, a name. <laughs> yeah, seriously, Kush Jumbo is a Kush name. Jumbo you guys, is a name. like she was given that. Um, she was on some British shows that I watched. I don't really. We don't have to. We don't. Yeah, we don't have to go through the other characters. They were kind of like. I don't recognize the names as much. But I liked the good fight a lot more than I thought it would. Than I thought it would. It had pretty good production value. It had good writing. I thought it was engaging. Great performances. Yeah, this was actually my favorite show this week. Um, yeah, I think I would agree with that. I think Maya was a really great actress. I liked their the integration of technology. Mm-hmm. I liked that it was like I don't know how they did it so perfectly with it was actually Trump's inauguration speech. Mm-hmm. And it came out this week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, it was like they just shot it. They all had iPhone 7s. Mm-hmm. It was like, it felt very, very contemporary. I really liked Maya's hair in this pilot. Yeah. She I had mean, some good hair. Doubt felt like it could have been in 2012 or so. Doubt 2009. Was, yeah, Doubt was bad. Um, Big Little Lies felt 2017. But Definitely. Like, this one felt the most like, like right now. I would agree. I think that it was really interesting to watch CBS try to do this all access show, this kind of premium content show. The only thing that was kind of not networky about it, or the only thing that really would qualify it to be on this streaming service is that they curse. They said fuck a couple times. Yeah. Christine, when Chris, Christine Bransky found out that she lost her retirement, yeah. she just screams fuck. It's pretty good. It's a funny moment. But th- that was, and 
I didn't really like I I looked up the CBS streaming thing after watching the pilot and I was and I, but when she said that I was like can you say fuck on TV now? No. But no. Not on network. You can't. No. It would have been it would have been cuz I remember it wouldn't have been bleeped it would have been silenced after the F. It would have been like I remember on when on they allowed um allowed you to say shit on TV. On network? Yeah. Yeah, you can Do say they? Sh- Yeah, you can say shit. Oh. Um but not the F bomb. You should no. be able to say fuck. Whatever. It's 2017. Right? It's 2017. You can on cable. You can. Of course. You can if you pay a monthly subscription fee to watch The Good Fight. Yeah. There you go. You can hear the people <laughs> say that F word if you just like really need to hear it. Did you guys watch it? Did, I, did you talk Well, about Maddie that? got the. I had to get a free trial for us. There was no other way to watch it. It's not on iTunes. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, I'm going to like pirate it or buy it on iTunes. Something like that. It's, I'm going to keep the free trial is only going to be a week. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's really good. You guys it's should really fucking free trial. You should. It is going to be free trial. I mean like my Hulu free trial that I have to cancel tomorrow was a month. Yeah. I also can't uh, think of other CBS shows that there's like, um, there's one with the donuts in the title. Superior donuts. Superior donuts. It's a Maz Joe Brani show. Um, but there aren't like big hitters for CBS shows. No. So it was like, why would why would I pay that? Exactly. Right? Why would anyone pay that? They want people who watched The Good Wife to watch the show. You know, it's interesting. I found I enjoyed The Good Fight, and I'm glad that Christine Baranski's character ended with her going to the rival law firm law firm to fight The Good Fight with Rose Leslie's character Maya. I think it's going to be a good setup for a show and I'm looking forward to it. But I found, and I have only seen maybe one or two episodes of The Good Wife, but I found, and I have not seen any of 24, but I found The Good Fight to be in a similar category with 24 Legacy, which is that it's not so much a spinoff of the original series as it is trying to be a replacement or mimicked edition of the, yeah, the series well, that it's been off from. So I was reading this review about The Good Fight and it said that The Good Wife, it had seven seasons. Mm-hmm. And by the end, there were just like, and this is the, what happens with all, you know, all those shows mm-hmm. that just have so many seasons mm-hmm. is there's just like too many storylines. Yeah. So The Good Fight was CBS's way of trying to like pair that off. Makes total sense. And just focus on this one. Because the, main, the protagonist in um, The Good Wife was... The attorney Alicia. Yes, Juliana Margulies. Yeah. So, and then she's not in the good fight. She's not in the good fight. Mm-hmm. It's just Christine Bransky. Yeah, and I think Br- Christine Bransky can carry a show by herself. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, my favorite show this week. Um, I gave this one like five stars. I mean, I, there was not a single thing that I did it like it. I, I gave loved it, this show. I gave it three point five just because I didn't feel like we were breaking. really that low. I gave it that low because I didn't feel like we were breaking ground on any new territory. It was just a legal procedural with really good production value, with good production value, good writing and good performances, but we weren't breaking any new ground. It wasn't anything super original or super fresh. So that's why I gave it 3.5. But it was really, I enjoyed it it a lot. Really enjoyable. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I mean, I would give it five stars just based on Christine Baranski's hair. How does she do it? Does she get a blowout every single day? She must. I think she gets a blowout every six hours. She, she's got <laughs> to get blowouts in between those takes. You know she does. Those long days. Her, her hair, like, if if you don't know what Christine Baranski looks like in The Good Fight, you need to look it up. You need to Google image her right now. It is truly insane. Yeah, she's fierce as hell. Um, I also like that she's kind of juxtaposed with Maya, who's just, like, doesn't ever wear makeup. Yeah. And is, like, really modest. Yeah. 
Agree. Agree. It's nice. She would never like dress up in a yellow checkered skirt suit like Christine does. In yeah, this pilot. she does. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, some good shows this week. Yeah, I would probably scale them. I would probably watch The Good Fight, then Big Big Little Lies, and then Doubt, which I would never watch Doubt I actually again. Don't, don't watch Doubt. It's a waste of time. Yeah, I shouldn't even put it on my top three. I'm just going to do a top two this <laughs> just week. Watch Big Little, just watch The Good Fight and then Big Little Lies. <laughs> You're going to like The Good Fight more than you think you're going to. Yeah, really. It's good. Um, I'd say it was as good as the pilot of how to get away with murder. Yes, I would agree with that. And they also have similar DNA and it has, and it shares DNA with scandal as well. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Um, with the sharp tailored outfits. Yeah. Seriously. Viola Davis always looked good. Um, wait, you said that big little lies, this was off air, but you said it was like togetherness. Yes. An HBO show called togetherness. What was togetherness? Okay, that show is like borderline incredible slash terrible. When would when did it's it a Duplass come out? brother yeah. family drama about rich white people. When but really like good It was like really low key, show. like yeah, hardly promoted really at all. Key. It lasted yeah. like two seasons. Do you remember that? I feel like I've seen it. Like I feel like I've seen most HBO shows. Do you remember when I lived in West Hollywood? Yeah. I was living with this. We might have to cut some of this out, Jane, or believe it. I don't know. I was living with this old, like, Russian couple that I was obsessed with. I loved them. But I was living in their daughter's <laughs> apartment, and she was she was the script coordinator on Togetherness for the two seasons. When did it, when did it air? Like. 2013 no like 2014 2015 yeah what it was just two seasons and not amazing no like it could it was it felt like oh oh i remember togetherness okay oh yeah yeah yeah. and it oh i didn't like that show i I watched the first two seasons i watched the first two episodes I think boring. I watched the first episode. I watched the first two seasons. No worries. Really? You watched well, all I, of it? Well, those are the only two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So you watched the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that we should wrap it up. Yeah. Let's plug let's, our socials. Let's, let's plug our socials. So you can follow <laughs> us on Instagram at pilot riot pod. You can email us at pilot riot podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and uh, no, my God. Sorry, we're not doing no, Twitter. No, we're not doing Twitter. We're Twitter's, hashtag millennials. We're not doing Twitter. Twitter's you can, dead. Yeah, you, Twitter is dead. You can download our episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. We just got put on iTunes, and we want to get put on the new and noteworthy section. So be sure to rate, review, subscribe, subscribe validate my ambitions and my life, and do that, please. Also, thank you to all the people that um, reached out and gave their um, positive feedback. Absolutely. Fuck you to everyone that had any negative feedback. I'm just kidding. Oh <laughs> my God. Shout out to my mom who told me she w- would not rate this podcast yeah. five stars unless I promised to never swear again on the podcast. So- uh, yeah, sorry, I got, a, I got sorry. a similar note from my dad and I feel like I, <laughs> I did say the F word a lot fewer times this time. I don't remember if I did or not, but I said it a lot last time. But, but this time I toned it down. Shout out to Matt Young, our Jane the producer. Follow his band at Twin Kids Music. Follow him at what is your stuff? No, we're not going to give his personal. All right, all right. I want to stay anonymous, you know. Uh, okay, all right, fine, fine, fine. Thank you to Jacob. So you Fine. you can follow my personal Instagram. 
Go ahead and give it, Pete. <laughs> it's Peter Hums. Like, like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to do that every week. And you so. can follow me on Instagram at M-A-D-P-A-U-M-E-N. I have almost broken 100 You have followers. almost? I have almost broken 100 followers. What are you at? I'm at like 96. Oh, wow. I know you guys. I know. Snap her body. Killing it. Um, All right. Thanks for listening. Have a good week. Tune in next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.